0: Yo, you, you, you are awesome to the smoking section. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're find Hot topics.
1: And fire conversations.
0: Hey, keep it locked. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, for everybody who's going to be watching live and listening, this is the wonderful Kayla Jean Oxendine. Yeah. Thank you for coming through. Um, that's, yeah, that's really, 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 really thank you for coming true. Cause like, you know, we were saying right now too, uh, nobody, since like I was in middle school, I think eighth grade, I was in eighth grade when you started hanging out with Emma. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's cool to finally, finally have a chance to do something like this too, after all those years. So thank yeah,
1: you. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> you just really, don't know. I'm just so happy, man. To, uh, to, and And I'm going to say this for your listeners to, to see you grow up from eighth grade and now into manhood and to see, you know, there's, there's all the stuff that we go through. First of all, in Robinson County, second mm-hmm. of all, at Burnell Sweat, third mm-hmm. of all, you know, just being around here and, and all the stuff that we've, we've been through in life and that we've accomplished in life. And so I'm just going to, I want to start this off by just saying how happy I am to see mm-hmm. your growth as a man. So thank you. Thanks for being a part of my life.
0: Thank you, thank you, and thank, like I am, I am thankful because you're always one of the good friends I feel, you know, what I mean that, that my sister ever had, you know, like solid, solid friends. So I do appreciate that, um, like for real. Thank you. Um,
1: <laughs> We're so supportive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you. Uh, that 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 means I don't know. Uh, it's it's hard, especially because when you think of. You know, coming up from, yeah, Pernell. Like, there's a lot of. I tell, when people ask me, like, "Oh, do you know anybody who's passed away?" It's like I know actually quite a few, bro. Like my age, type Maybe. shit, like type shit. Like, wow. Like, wow. yeah. So to to have you guys still around, and you know, we're all supporting each other and trying to do all these different things is is cool. It's cool. So for people who may not know please tell them a little, some of the stuff that you'd be into and and what you do here on a day to day.
1: Okay. So, um, (coughs) my name is Kayla Jean. Uh, Mm -hmm. and I have a podcast called the essentials with Charlotte and Kayla Jean, where we talk about, um, what dating's really like, what's, um, how women can be here, uh, be out in the world dating, and also take care of themselves in the process, and like <coughs> learning to respect their own boundaries, learning to um, na- just navigate the dating world. So that's <coughs> one part of what I do. The other part is um, I'm an I, I'm a therapist. Uh, I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm also. Uh, <laughs> For those who are into it, I'm also a spiritual healer. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do a lot of energetic healing for people. Um, and I, uh, I also do like acting and film and stuff like that. So I've I just got done doing the Lost Colony this summer. Um, <laughs> the Lost Colony is in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And it is the longest-running symphonic outdoor drama in U.S. history. There's only been two times that they have not ran this show. Um, That was during the Great Depression and the pandemic. So Mm. only two years that they didn't run the show, and that's when (laughs) catastrophe hits. And what that was about was... um, first contact of uh settlers uh meeting native americans and this was the first year that they actually required it to be uh native americans real authentic native americans playing the native roles uh so that was um a, a lot it was it was interesting it was a lot um you know progress hurts change hurts so I had to deal with a lot of that. So I guess I'm also a social justice advocate <laughs> mm. if we're going to put it out there like that. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I've done several film things. I've done like a commercial shoot for McDonald's. Uh, a lot of different behind the scenes work in the film industry in Charlotte and Atlanta. Um, Strike at the Wind here, obviously, which is another outdoor drama for, that's specifically related to uh, our tribe and um yeah yeah so that that's kind of I'm, I'm a therapist i work for an insurance company i'm a entrepreneur in the making so i, I kind of got all kinds of things but my yeah. main focus is spirituality to be honest
0: well that was another two like for a while I just kept watching you do so much different stuff. And I was like, man, she's like, she's active out here. She's out here, man. Like let's fucking go. So it was like one, there was times when it was like I was getting lists together and it was like, it's just not right. Like there's some people whose whose interviews, like even now I still want to do, but it's like, the timing's not right. There's something they're working on it. And let, let Mm -hmm. me let it flourish a little bit, but. I do want to start I do wanna kinda of dial it back a little bit and where where did it start? Cause I remember you as a girl who sang and she did all the plays. Like, you know, our local plays, we would pack fucking amphitheaters full of full of people in there and these were like big things, they were big. So where did that start for you? Like where 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 was it born at?
1: There was this one play in seventh grade at Pembroke Middle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That from what I can remember, that was the first play I ever did. Now, if we want to get real deep with it, <laughs> my mama told me I was conceived at Strike It Wind. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I, I think it was put into my blood then, but mm-hmm. if I if I had to go by my own experience, in seventh grade, there was a, play, a Christmas play that we did and i was an evergreen tree and i just remember having to like stick my branches out and say i'm a strong tree mm-hmm. and in in that in my english class i remember having an assignment and we said what are we going to you know do in life and i made it abundantly clear in 7th grade that i was going to be an actress when i grew up Wow. And from there everyone just kinda knew that, you know, Kayla is in acting. Um, so much so that like my senior like you know what singular superlatives are, like where you get yeah. the 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 names. I was drama queen. <laughs> now I was no drama. I was not the girl who was out here no. doing but it was because I was acting all the time and mm-hmm. my classmates decided that was the right one. So yeah.
0: No, no, you were I never, were. you were never causing no drama, dude. You're, no, never. School. No way, no way, no
1: way. Like, if anything, I'm like solving drama all over the place,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know. So yeah, that's where it got started, seventh grade, and then um, in eleventh grade. Eleventh uh, grade was the first time I did strike at the wind, mm-hmm. and I was, uh, I was. A citizen and I was Polly and I was Rhoda's understudy. My first Explain
0: year. Strike at the Wind. For people who may not understand Explain Strike at
1: right. the Wind. Right. So Strike at the Wind is an outdoor drama that is specifically related to um, our Putches and, and my hometown hero. Or what what do we call you here?
0: I don't I don't know. I don't know. It was between Ronald putch and and okay.
1: Okay. So is good. <laughs> okay. So we're we're punching our from. We have a home a hometown hero called Henry Berry Lowry, and uh, it it's basically timed during um. Uh, the Civil War and the Indian lost the right to vote, and there was a lot of like um, uh, local politic corruption and things like that. And it's it's basically like a Robin Hood story of you know kind of steal from the rich and give to the poor because what were the rich doing? They were using legal reasons to steal from us. So we just kind of started taking stuff back and then uh, it's become a legend in, in our hometown. So um, I got one of the principal roles and then I became the female lead character, Rhoda's understudy. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to play Rhoda, and I never got to. I never yeah. got to play Rhoda, but I was I was the leader, which was, for some reason, I keep getting picked, <laughs> uh, being picked at roles that are like Native American spirit guides type. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, if that's not me, I don't know. <laughs> so I can go <laughs> in these places and just be who I am naturally. And, Ooh. you know, that's the beauty of it is, I keep getting roles that I'm already living my life in, doing, doing. So it's really, it's real cool, actually.
0: Yeah, I was wanting to ask too, like, how do you prepare? Like, how do you even, because I know for dancing, you know, you practice your step and you just do it over and over and over again. But for acting, you're not only remembering lines, but there's like certain... I don't know if you know, like the gestures of your body and these afflictions of the words itself, like, you know, I mean, like the tones, so like you got to get into it, you know? Right. So, so that's cool. <clears throat> that's cool.
1: Um, really, it, it, it depends. So like when I was Polly, um, Polly has a moment where her soon to be husband actually dies. So when I was prepared, I would have to prepare for that moment every night and I would have to trigger some type of feeling that would actually make me want to cry or make me upset or frustrated. And um, so that way, when I had to scream, it was like a a blood curdling scream. Mm -hmm. It it was, it was intense. And yeah, and people knew that I was just devastated. I was traumatized at that point um to be more of like the spirit guide type deal, my preparation's more energetic beforehand. So mm-hmm. when I was doing the Lost Colony with, with Strike at the Wind, it actually wasn't hard to prepare at all because it was it it was more learning the lines. You've got several long paragraph monologues that you need to learn. Once I had those lines down, I was able to just speak eloquently and, and beautifully and and I was just able to do it. It was just fine. All I had to do was stand there on a stump and speak. Well with the lost colony, this character was much more involved. And so um, I would stand I, I was so imagine our boxes here. Imagine mm-hmm. that those are two doors that open from the center, right? okay. So the the other Native cast, they, they had a powwow going on and they were out there dancing and jamming and like three quarters of the way through, bam, these doors open up and then there I am, the spirit guide to tell the whole story, right? <laughs> and oh God, it was my shining moment, but it was like, <laughs> that, that was the moment for me. I was like, I knew I made it because I had the set of doors opening and here I am. Like I, <laughs> I couldn't ask for more in life, right? So to prepare for that, I, uh, I would stand behind those doors and I would allow my throat chakra to be already healed. I would allow my um, uh, performance to be open and vulnerable because I really did have to elicit emotions from the audience too. And then as an empath, I can actually feel the emotions of the audience too. So I would actually pull on that as well. Mm. I would say, um, I, I, I would pull uh, like positive energy or, or uh, yeah, basically positive energy from them and and say, I allow this performance to be miraculous and magnificent and mm-hmm. so it was getting my mind and my body right to step into that to to trigger those feelings it's all about triggering triggering the emotions really
0: mm-hmm. mm. that's yeah because
1: i know i will
0: i won't say i know know the feeling but there's a similar experience like with battling like when i'm when i'm out dancing and i'm battling there's a certain emotion that I can feel off these people standing around me. And it's like, you know, it's like, Oh, that's what you, that's what you like. Okay. Like, you know, so you're kind of going with it. Like you Mm -hmm. go with that same feeling, whatever you're bringing at that moment.
1: Right. Um, Oh, you bring in this baby. All right. Let me, I got it. I'm I'm gonna match you and then I'm gonna do it better.
0: Yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And you know, for people, you know, hometown Pembroke, North Carolina, you're right, mm-hmm. Scuffle Town, we're wild out here. Scuffle Town um,
1: soldiers in the house. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're, we're wild out here, okay? And so there was also a lot, though, you know, so small city, you, you're you even doing Strike at the Wind, right? Which is our thing. Like, that's always a thing. Hey, are you going to go see Strike at the Wind? Hey, you're going to go see Strike at the Wind? Like, every, every year it's
1: happening. Every year, like, it's a surprise what is going on. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just like, it's our thing to do, you know, it's like,
0: damn near like Lumbee Homecoming. And, and on that, it's like, you've also done a lot with Lumbee, which is, you know, Pembroke is the capital of Lumbee country. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell people a little bit about that. Cause I remember, you know, powwows and, you know, that's
1: where it started. I first seen it. So you did, you did a lot. You did a lot. Yeah. So growing up, um, my family in particular, didn't really have um they they weren't we weren't really in touch with the cultural side of being native right so growing up i didn't i I knew about strike at the wind i actually wanted to be in strike at the wind but until i actually became my own person and could drive and do all that i wasn't really able to participate in culture so the minute that i got the chance to i did so i immediately got into powwows started dancing women's traditional started going to culture classes all of that and like i even started placing too like i went to richmond powwow in at like probably my third or fourth contest ever and got third place Mm -hmm. so i i was you know really beginning to to dive deep into the culture and then life began to happen, so I had to start working um, or, you know, got involved in cheerleading and um, extracurriculars and acting and all that. So culture then began to kind of take uh, a back door. not even, not culture as much as powwows. Yeah. Powwows began, I kind of began to shift out of that as I um, got more into college. But then once I got into college... Being native was a thing, then. Mm. Um, I for me, I just always was. It 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 wasn't like I was living culture. Or I was being traditional. I was just I was just being Indian. I was just being Kayla and, and being around Indians and you know doing Indian shit, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: then when I got in college, being Indian became a thing, and so I started learning more. Like I learned. My own aunt taught the uh, Lumby history class at the college, and she was actually the director of the American Indian Studies program. I didn't even know this until I was in college, mm. um, which is it, it's it's that weird disconnect that we have, that walking in two worlds that we do. Yeah. And You know, it's how how did I not know that my aunt was the director of the American Indian Studies program? Right. So then I took her class and I got to learn more about our actual history and our foundations and all of that that goes into it. And it kind of re college reignited a spark for me. Then I transferred to Catawba College
2: Hmm.
1: and, and and somehow did it at just the right time. Because when I got to Catawba, their mascot was the Indians. Ooh. So they were the Catawba Indians, and I was a cheerleader. So they had a big old totem pole out there on the football field and they would play that song. Um da, 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 da. Ooh.
2: Dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: and so the whole time they'd be doing this—the—the—the yeah. the, the, uh, the tomahawk, talk. tomahawk. Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as a cheerleader, I was supposed to be standing there and cheering it on, but I would stop and I would put my hand on my hip and I would like look at the whole crowd in shame. Like, yeah. Like, what are you all doing? And why are you doing this? And Am I offended? Like, how do I feel about this? Right? So then I became the token Indian at, mm. at that school. And at the time, I didn't realize it. At the time, I was just, you know, thinking, oh, like, they they see me. They see my value. They see what I can bring. So they want me to – I had, like, five different jobs at that school. Um, I worked in their admissions and financial aid office. I was um, i worked specifically with their transfer students and they like put me in their brochure and like all kinds of stuff. They wanted to put me everywhere. And um, so that was that was my first encounter with like token Indianism. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as life carried on. I began to understand that my, the spiritual principles that I actually live by are very similar to what our ancestors believed and in, um, you know, uh, living with the flow of nature, for example, you know, Mm -hmm. that that kind of waking up with the sun, going to bed with the, the sun and, um, eating off the land, eating with your hands, um, you just very natural processes. And, and so I finally was able to find a balance to where I, I could still just be Indian without Indian being a thing or, mm-hmm. or my value or self-worth coming from being an Indian um, to actually being able to live my life, stand by my principles, participate in my culture, because as I began to learn from people I began to learn from people like kaya and and Reggie and you know some people at the tribe, some people in the Mr. Earl and the ceremony circles for the seasons that we would do um I was I was given have I ever told you my Indian name? no, my Indian name is Hedainya, which means Lady of the Sun oh. And is that not now that you know me now isn't that so fitting? Yes it is. Right? Yes, it is. When I got that I was 16, 17, 18 somewhere around there and I thought it was beautiful and but like he had to take time to he had to ask me questions. He had to get to know me and my personality, and then he had to take time and sit on meditate and sit sit on it, meditate on it, communicate with spirit about what it should be, and it it was so perfect, right? Okay. So it, it, everything. My whole life has been in a flow,
2: mm-hmm.
1: in a divine timing type flow, and I never knew. I never yeah. knew until now looking back and it, it's native, my native culture has been a part of it and it's led me along the way because then eventually I finally got into strike at the wind and got involved in our history and, and the things that make us emotional about our history. Mm-hmm. And then, um, when the, the lost colony opportunity presented itself, I was like, I have to go I, I It was almost like I had a mission.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I had a mission and, and I actually became, it's, it's what I real what I found out is because this play is on federal land, it, it, it every season will be recorded in federal history. So mm. literally not even knowing it, I made history. I was That's the. cool. The first ever this was the first time they've ever had a storyteller. And it's the first time the storyteller's ever been a Native American. And I don't think it's the first time that this role has been a woman, but it's the first time it's ever been a Native American storyteller. A female Native American storyteller. There you go. Um at, and so it's the first time we've ever had native cast and native roles, and the, there was a lot of firsts this year and history being made for real. And it's 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 recorded. It's um, not only is it in print, but it's also in video, so it's archived now. It's we're we're in history. That cast that that we took up there was man, it was it was a challenging. Out the ass but also a rewarding experience just thinking about it makes me want to snipe.
0: well yeah because cool cool because I, I did I did want to kind of get into a big a bigger part that I wanted to definitely talk to you about is knowing so now that we kind of at least everybody who's, who's going to listen to this for the first time kind of has an understanding of who you are now, what you, what you got going on. Right.
1: What I mean, real so, well now.
0: <laughs> so, but, and I do want to talk to you about like, well, I, I want this, these two parts to tie in is, is okay. you are, you are doing work with, you know, spiritual healing and all this like, you know, mental health and wellness. I, I see it right. I've in, you you in your, really advocating for it. And I see that like you, you find people who you can see the disingenuousness of it. Right. Right. Like there, there's a, there's a sales pitch happening while they're saying all these like key phrases, you know what I mean? And also what you're doing and and have done around our community, because people who may not know Pembroke is like that area in Robinson County as a whole is is usually in the lower, lower parts of like safety zones. You know what I'm saying? Every year.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: even though, yeah, I had a great childhood, I definitely, there was definitely a lot of shit going on.
2: Absolutely.
0: Um, so much trauma here. Yeah. So how, how do you see that? Like, well, I guess that's a good way just to even start it off is like, how do you see that affecting people coming out of that area? Cause there's not a lot of people like you, and, and like myself or, or other, you know, Josh Oxendine, shout out, Josh, um, Alexis Jones, shout out, you know, they're, and you can say whatever they want, do whatever they want really in my eyes, because they're coming from an area that's shit. That's, it's a shit. It's when it comes to people stepping out and becoming actors or activists or fighters or, you know, whatever.
1: Professionals, successful mm-hmm. professionals, period. Um, I've, I've been wanting to put this on Facebook and I just haven't, but Lumby Crickets is real. Mm. It's real. And, and it's not, it ain't even just lumbies, It's that poverty mentality.
0: Explain oh. that Lumby Crickets. I've heard that. I've heard that before. I've only heard that, I think like once or twice. But explain yeah.
1: That. So have you ever heard the phrase crabs in a bucket? Yes. So Lumby Crickets is just the exact same way. So the, the, the rhetoric behind it is um, if you were to take crabs and put them all in the bucket, or if you take crickets and put them all in a bucket or in a jar or something um, there are going to be those that begin to critically think and um, they begin to critically think and they uh, begin to work their way on how to get out of the bucket. And as Mm -hmm. they're getting close to the top, there's another crab or another cricket pulling them down and so from that it's so real Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's people saying i don't believe in you for this or people saying you know why would you want to go and do that or uh, speaking negativity over my projects or you know, having to learn not to talk about them ahead of time or or get excited because people will spew some shit all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as I've seen where it's been ingrained in us to it's not only been ingrained in us that that home is safe, but I can tell you going out into the world, there is an inherent safety here mm-hmm. that I didn't realize was there until I left. So outside of Robinson County or even in the Outer Banks, I'm not considered Indian, right? If I go out into the world, I'm half black, half white, half Hispanic, half white, half Hispanic, half black. People speak Spanish to me or they they believe that I'm everything else but what I am. And so I get you get asked all kinds of weird, crazy questions. You get called weird, crazy names like I was working at a restaurant one time. And the man, I was living in a real hick town for a little while. And the man, he comes up to the register where I'm training and talks to my manager and he's like, so how's it going with the Negro? What? <laughs> there's a,
2: a whole oh.
1: restaurant of people, people standing beside me, people in line. And then he's just like, so how, how's it going with the Negro?
0: Jesus Christ. And I had to
1: serve this man and smile and be nice,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. So there's there's situations like that that you know you don't you don't deal with that at home. Yeah, you don't like being in the Outer Banks around. It's we can talk about anything here, right? Yes. We can talk about privilege and all that kind of shit.
2: Yes.
1: Um. So, not only is Lumbee Crickets real and the, the shit you get from home, but also sticking out of a crowd, sticking out in a crowd when you look different than the rest of the crowd, um, you draw attention. And, mm-hmm. like, man, the people in Manio were trying to say that the Indians protested and you know, they did a sit out, a sit in, or whatever, and like uh, we, uh, our girls got like jobs at regular department stores, and they were being treated like shit. And uh, so, to to go into the world where white people live, it's hard because they're not safe.
2: Hmm. And Whoa.
1: I don't think that they realize that they're not safe because they assume we're not safe. They don't give us the benefit of the doubt of being good people. Yeah. And that that was one of the biggest challenges I had of leaving home because I'm back here. I'm back in Robins County. I went to Charlotte, moved, left my home, everything uprooted, everything rented a room. The people I lived with were horrible. One of, one of the people I lived with was a cop. Hmm. And the cop talking to his wife, who was my friend, made a joke like, yeah, I'm down here with the colored. <laughs> I was living in his home and he was comfortable enough doing that when me and his wife just had a conversation about something like that the day before.
0: Do you think that might be like a, see, because I. I got to be devil's advocate. Maybe it's the people. Maybe it's the people where they're from. Do you think now, and also to a question, like, do you think what, how do you think and feel that the area people are growing up in is really affecting
1: them? Like, especially once we become adults. I, I think the area completely affects them. And so the microaggressions change based on the area, the overall general, Theme doesn't change.
2: Mm.
1: It's just the 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 idiosyncrasies of how they decide to treat you based on these particular actions that they decide mm-hmm. this or that. So yes, you're right. It is the specific people and how they were raised and those specific situations.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But those specific situations translate from the coast to Inland to the mountains,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I've I've seen it all across the board. I've seen it in different states. I've you know, so it's yes, and I I think it's both. And I don't think it's either or. I think it's both. And I think that there's there is an ingrained inherent um ideology that gets put in from society into Mm -hmm. our brains and people react off of that because of lack of exposure. Mm -hmm. So they don't give me the benefit of the doubt of being a good person until they actually expose themselves to me and get to know me. But they don't feel safe enough to do that because of what they've been taught is true when they actually get to know me, and they see my intelligence, or they listen to me. They they listen to five sentences come out of my mouth, and they they change their perspective.
0: Boom! And most states, if you're Native American, you are considered African American. Exactly. Man, my man Jordan Locklear, thank you. Always tuning in, my
1: boy. Thank you
0: so it's much. Exactly
1: I, right. I'm never native anywhere I go. And
2: yeah.
1: even in manio the cops got called on us like on one of our people um saying that Mexicans were smoking weed in the parking lot ah well, in Manio, yeah. where there is like cult like culture around the lost colony and mm-hmm. the native story and all that you know i've been
0: i've been really because I've been really waiting to get somebody like who knows about natives, like native shit. Like, you know what I mean? Cause (coughs) I'm hoping that I'm hoping that it starts to change, but we are seriously invisible. Like when it comes to a lot of things, like even now in MIW is running around and no one ever talks about that. Like when's the last time you even seen these fools on a commercial, like, or some ad running or somewhere. Like I really feel like their shit gets repressed. Um,
1: but I'm, I'm gonna tell you what I think though. So just like there was a, cause I, I, I see patterns, especially universal patterns, especially patterns of society. Um, I'm, I, I tend to pick up on patterns before people do. And I think we're about to be riding a native wave. So just like we have had the Black Lives Matter movement and then the Asian hate movement and all of that, the, the we've got Deb in 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 um, the Department of Interior now, and so she's bringing more awareness. The awareness is coming, mm-hmm. um, but like like as all grassroots movements take time, like it's more prevalent around the state. Then it'll become around the other states, and then you know it'll eventually get around the country, and. And I'm seeing that because, like, I just did an audition for Marvel. Uh, oh. Yeah, Disney and Marvel are looking for Southeastern natives. And so, you know, I submitted, right? Like, th- baby, there's a wave. I'm about to ride it.
0: Disney, we're fucking here. We're ready. We're waiting on you guys.
1: Waiting on you, baby. <laughs> Shout out Disney. Shout out Disney
0: real talk, dude. <laughs> Put that on Squanto, guys. you. Oh, my you. God. Wow. Yeah.
1: So so the wave is here and our people just gotta get on it to ride it. The thing is is we don't ever know resources. Mm. That's it. That's the thing is resources. Access so, resources.
0: So your mass you're there's a you have a massive resource that you're giving away now, which is the knowledge of people being able to take care of what's going on in here.
1: Right. And
0: you know, and, and up here, like all that, I feel like people nowadays, you know, it's, I was just, I don't want to say people because I don't want to generalize, whatever. right? But the people I've came into contact with, especially Pembroke, is yeah. small community. They already, they already have this feeling of can't make it out of a small town. You know, I'll never be noticed. Then. You have kids like me who grew up like damn dude like no one ever talks about Native Americans like in any conversation. We're never there dude. So you're saying even you know the area you live the people you're around. It's hurting like it's hurting you. What what is a step for somebody to take so that they can get themselves up and start moving.
1: There's so much self help stuff on YouTube Mm -hmm. that, like, listening, finding some motivational speakers that you resonate with, and -hmm. listening to the advice they give, and applying. There's things, it's application. There, there's things that we know to do. That we There's things that we already know in our brain. Ready, willing, know the process, know the steps. Ain't got to think about it. All you have to do is act. You can start there. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Who's your go-to? Who's your go-to motivational speaker?
1: Matt Kahn. Matt Kahn. And Jill Swan. Hmm. So Matt Kahn, um, he he always gives the most loving perspective and breaks it down to the bare bones. And is he has been the, the single handed, he's been my guru. Basically he has single-handedly been the person to help me understand myself and the way that I think and, or me experiencing something like emptiness and, Mm -hmm. and thinking that it's depression and sadness, but it's like, no, you've healed your trauma there's not something nagging at you. Mm. You're fine. You're okay. But you aren't used to this, so you don't think you're at peace. When in reality, I'm. if you look at it on paper, I'm doing amazing. And yet I feel empty. Well, I'm realizing the emptiness is... Like I am nothingness. I am the void. I am, you know, all that is. I'm I'm a, a vessel of uh, where energy can flow through and to everyone. Like that's what that is, and I don't have to be sad about it because it was. It's the meanings that we make out of things that oh, yeah. we're actually upset about or triggered by. It's not even, you know, always the thing that. Um that actually happened. It's not the actual act. It's it's what we make it mean about ourselves that actually does a sin and creates our destructive behavior from there.
0: Yeah, like so, I, I would tell people with breakups, you know, like what makes you think that you're, you know, exempt to such brutality? You know, sure, they cheated on you, they broke up what you did, you know, you're not exempt from it. We all go through it. You know,
1: and and everyone thinks that they don't deserve heartbreak, Mm -hmm. but heartbreak is our biggest. If we let it be, it's our biggest friend because it takes us from complete disempowerment to complete empowerment. It takes us through the full scale, grief included. Mm -hmm. No one. The only thing that. The only reason people separate grief and heartbreak is because that person's still alive.
2: Oh,
1: there's really no difference. Mm. My, my ex, I've spent the last year and a half grieving him as if he's been dead because he's no longer in my life and I have to cut all attachments and it's very hard to do that. And it's like, you have to be dead to me in order for me to move on. Yeah. And so no one, no one is exempt from grief at all. We all have all these emotions we have to experience. You're not exempt from anything.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I couldn't imagine like how my mom and dad was, you know, were they, went through what they went through and then to have to see each other consistently, you know, I was like, uh, exactly. Yeah. That's, that they,
1: and on top of that, they were not allowed to express emotions the way we are now. They didn't necessarily have all, all the safety nets that we do now. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to, to hold emotions more within and suffer internally more. And you know, you know, no wonder we had a hard time sometimes, right? Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Uh hurt people hurt people.
1: Hurt you know? people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And healed people heal people.
0: They do. They do. And so your podcast, what your pro- you have so many projects, but of all the projects, this one is... and I, and,
1: and I think I'm doing nothing at all. No,
0: <laughs> no, no. If anything, if if anything there's always a couple people i look back and i'm like damn like they got busy like busy busy and this is no discredit to anybody back home i love you guys everyone who's out there working hard i love you guys but right you know, like,
1: my success is not a determinant of of the lack of your success cuz you're comparing apples to oranges
0: yeah, or even, dude, you know, this is just what you wanted to do, these type of things. This is what you feel yeah. like you were born even for.
1: Yeah, my passions.
0: Yeah, and if your passion is fucking doing, you know, teaching kids algebra or fucking working on a car, like, that's not to say that you're not successful. As long as you're happy and right. happy, you know, and to me, quite frankly, you are successful. You're doing something you love. Like, there's people who are miserable in their jobs. Fucking miserable, and exactly. So, for you with this project, how are you feeling about it? Like, I know you got you sent me some, you sent me some episodes. I've been able to look through them, and you look super happy as you're doing it. Yeah. You know, how does it feel? Where Where are you hoping to see it go?
1: Um, I would I would love to see it. Uh, my alignment sessions, I feel, are so special. I've been doing these with people now for. Well over a year. And when when I tell you I get excited every time those cards come out and they're aligned in such a perfect way with such a perfect message in such the right time. Um, so when you see that reaction out of me, it's completely genuine. Like, oh, wow. I don't hold anything back. Like, this, the third episode that I just did, yeah. I was, like, sitting there, and I was holding myself, and I was like, I feel like I'm in church right now, and I cried a little bit on camera and everything. So with that much good energy and alignment and satisfaction and uh, passion, I think that I think it'll skyrocket, actually, if I, if I'm being honest. Um, I think right now I have 31 followers or subscribers. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it will align itself to who it's supposed to and I'll gain a following from there. And I, it'll come in an easy and effortless manner. Mm -hmm. Um, As long as I'm, you know, staying true and authentic and um, you know, putting out there good work and good blessings and, it, it reaps good karma and mm-hmm. then I I don't have to work for it 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 flows.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And even with this, you know, people are like, oh, you know, you do your little podcast. It's like, oh, okay, Mr. Little, like, you know, I, I know you I know you I know you you've experienced that. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know what, dude? My 31 followers is 31 more than I had when I started. That's so, it. That's a dub, you know what I mean? Come and on, and I've got,
1: a... I've got, you know, views. Like I've got uh, like a hundred and some views on one of them. Mm-hmm. So you know, the thing is, is it's just starting. You know, from here, like just putting it out there, just getting the energy going. You know, I'm three in, and like. I'm three in and I've already found someone who wants to help me with the marketing side of it, wants to help me with uh someone else who wants to help me with some other things uh, to deal with it. Like all the behind the scenes work, I, the universe is bringing me the people and the resources that I need to keep me motivated. There you go. And, and someone to help me, you know, send it to people. Like I'm sitting here like, Copy and pasting it to people in my Facebook, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm hey, I'm doing it grassroots, baby. Grassroots, goddamn, it's fucking hard out here for a penny man is. I trying to run a podcast. People don't
0: understand.
1: Oh. I'm telling you, and you got to be entertaining, but also real. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a lot to, to think about as you're doing it, but also enjoying it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's why the smoking section.
1: You have to enjoy
0: it. Smokey section, blaze it, have a drink, and let's just chill. And it, it'll, you know, I, for for myself, like, I don't want to be Joe Rogan. I don't want to be, because people are like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, oh, whatever. Oh, right. I'm Joe Rogan. Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not like Joe Rogan. I'm just literally talking, dude. Um, yeah. Smoke a J, drink, you know, let's loosen up. It's not that serious, and even if it had a million, thousand vol- followers and all the shit, it's not that serious, bro. It's right. we're just here talking. I don't even know it's what I'm saying. It's just a
1: conversation. Half
0: yeah. <laughs> half the time I'm so fried, I don't even know where I'm sitting at. Like, dude, what's going <laughs> right? Hey, it's but your it, makes girl, me happy. It, it. It, it makes me happy. It makes me happy, and I'm glad to see that. You know, this this culmination of all these things have, like, led to this point, and it's and it's extremely fitting. It fits your personality type that I've known since, you know, the heydays. Um, and it's tight to see another Lumbee coming up. I'm fucking down for my Lumbees, man. Like, I've really... And I, I say this publicly all the time. I fucking... I've given up supporting other groups. I've, I've given up supporting all these fucking... BLM ALM B- blue lives matter blue. all of them matter I don't give a fuck no more about none of that I you know I support your movement and I hear I hear you in your struggle absolutely but my people also have a struggle too and I just don't see anybody helping us like lumpies fight amongst ourselves enough you know let alone all of us as a group the whole fucking the whole wagon and yeah it's so for me. I'm super I, when it comes to Native American and all of that. Lumby to the fucking core, dude. And it makes me happy to see you doing what you're doing. Like for real, for real. Well,
1: so two things on what you said. First thing, I it's weird for me, but I also really appreciate you saying that. Like I'm on the come up. You know what I'm oh, saying? Because yeah. like, you know, I don't. I don't like, even think like that, like, I'm just your normal average person doing normal average everyday shit, you know? So, to to say and think and have the conversation, like, oh, you're on the come-up, which is completely true and mm-hmm. correct, like, it's like, who, me? I'm on the come-up? Like, I'm just here for the strike at the wind, you know? Like, I'm here, mm-hmm. you know, UNCP Theater, whatever, community mm-hmm. shit, but, like, no, like, it's, I like you're seeing it today. Like, I'm claiming it. Like, shit's about to go down in my life. I don't oh, know. Yeah. How, I don't know how. I don't know the path. I, all I know is I'm ready to be ready to be ready to be ready. I got me intact. I got mm-hmm. my emotions intact. I can, I've got, I mean, I've had fifty and seventy year old white men look at me and tell me thank you for fussing them out and telling them about their privilege because I can articulate that well.
2: Mm-hmm. That is something
1: to be proud of,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And and I get to put that out there to the world, show people that it's possible possible to be able to stand firm, um, uh, stand firm, and also be a kind person. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you off, but you gonna know I love you though. Exactly. You're gonna feel my love as I talk to you about how you're fucking up right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and I'm just real with it. And it's this, it's this real true, raw authenticity is what we gotta pick up.
0: Yeah, there's you. Since high school, and you were saying even before, like five jobs during college. You've always been busy, and I, all that come up is is really an understatement. Like when you when you when you have the discipline that's been exuberated over years. You know, what I mean, and when just the drive, the curiosity for it. Like, what can it do? What's you know, people, a million people are going to look at that Marvel fucking that Marvel goddamn application and say uh it'll never be me right? right and then there's people like yourself myself putting my you know with dance auditions and this shit we say why not me why not me like why not me like i can right. do that too bro like so to see you going for it it makes me like oh it makes me so excited it makes me so excited so tell people a little bit more about your podcast too like what it's about like where like what are what are, was it what does an episode entail
1: okay So before I answer that, you want to know something funny that I just realized? What's that? It was Adrian posted it on Facebook to, I don't know, either Jolene or Jossie. And whatever that Disney thing that she posted on Facebook, that's what I did. And then all of a sudden, Marvel emails me back. And I I mean, like, I've got an email that says, we want you to audition. And I'm just like
2: wow
1: even if i don't get it i now forever have an email from marvel that says we want you
2: you and
1: that's as far as it's got to go the rest it don't matter mm-hmm. we want you that's, mm-hmm. that's that's all that matters to me so you know shout outs to adrian for posting sure. to, to listening to following her impulses listening to her inner guidance, posting it on Facebook. I just happened to see it on Facebook. That's synchronicity. That's how the universe works.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And basically me making those connections just like that is kind of what an episode is like. Um, when So the podcast is actually called um, The Essentials with Charlotte and Kayla Jean. And so another friend of mine from college is my co-host and uh her name's Charlotte Cassidy. And so we have several episodes on there that, you know, we talk about um <sighs> gosh. I, I give I've given a lot of like crazy uh dating stories that I've experienced. Um uh I typically do some type of energetic some some type of energy clearing of some sort. Mm. Um the the cards that i do i use this um i use this healing mantra dig that matt khan made and these uh the affirmations on these cards are actually like think about it like you know how you have to code um in in computers and stuff Mm -hmm. so energetically there are phrases that are actually downloads like you would have in a code on a um in a computer for a certain function to happen a certain um awareness to open up a certain energy core to dissolve or you know something to that effect um but it it actually like changes you It, it clears cellular memory clears trauma at a cellular level things like that so as you say the phrases you're actually receiving healing and you can actually feel it it's very experiential like Mm. you experience it um so that like that's how you know it's real and it's not like no you know the nonsense i'm not just making it up this is actually you know happening in real time and i can always uh Ask a, a question and, and pull out a couple cards if you want to. Yeah, let's do it. Let's
0: do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. All
1: right. So so what 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 you want some energy for? What kind of question would you have? Like, um you, uh, like I've done it for my job before, right? I'm like, um, you know, what energies do we need to support us in um getting our enrollment numbers? Okay. you know, in, in meeting our goals and getting our providers, you know, what energies do we need? And, you know, I do those alignment sessions um, for me and my coworkers uh, or like what energies do I need to uh, make my podcast successful or, you know, whatever. So what, so what let's do, one do one on the podcast? Like, let's do me. one for the podcast. We'll do, we'll do one for the podcast. Okay. This is exciting. Let's go. I know. I'm so excited. All right. So, what energies does Putch need in order to make sure his podcast is successful? Oh, I'm so excited for it.
0: I'll write this down, matter of fact.
1: Yes, you should write these phrases down and you should say them. You should say them at least five times. And I say that um, in order to represent fifth dimensional unity consciousness. Ooh. Um, it's just symbolism, you know? Symbolism and synchronicities. Because mm-hmm. um, that's where that's where the world's moving to. Like, the whole world's about to have a spiritual awakening. Hmm. Uh, the North Node just moved um, uh, within the last week or two, and everyone's about to go through it. There, there's about to be a whole lot of trauma being cleared. So Ooh, I'm excited. you saw it here first. You saw it here first. You, sh- you should go back at 5838 and and record what I just said
2: mm hmm i am and and
1: then watch it watch it happen like it's 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 not like i predicted it it's you know it's it's about to be common knowledge it is common knowledge and if you follow astrology at all but everybody's about to wake up like we're really like it's going down (laughs) (laughs) that's just how i feel like okay what energy does Putch need in order to? Oh no, that is that is definitely your card. What energies does Putch need in order to make his podcast successful? Well, three just flew. Let me go grab them real quick. But so far, we've got Amplifying Abundance, Illuminating the Truth, Honoring Adversity.
0: Ooh. Honoring adversity.
1: Huh, these are great. Energy. So there's six right there. I think that's great. I think that's a good amount. Mm. And there's one on the bottom of the deck, which is the overall energy of the read. So. Uh, okay. So. The first card that you got is discovering happiness.
0: Discovering happiness.
1: And um, (laughs) it's actually kind of perfect because it says, the mantra is, I allow myself to be content exactly as I am. Oof. Right? So -hmm. you literally just talked about how you wanted, like we're here just talking. We're here just talking. There ain't nothing else going on besides talking. This is mm-hmm. just talking. And this is the name of us just talking. And so that's exactly what you're doing. is You're allowing this for yourself and for your audience. I allow myself to be content exactly as I am. Mm-hmm. That. So we need to say that five times. Mm. And, and you're going to feel it in your body. I allow myself to be content exactly as I am. And also, audience, feel free to say it as well. It's going to fit in your lives, too, most likely. You're all here for a reason. I
0: allow myself to be content exactly as I am. Mm -hmm.
1: I allow myself to be content exactly as I am. I allow myself to be content exactly as I am. I allow myself to be content exactly as I am. I allow myself to be content exactly as I am. You feel it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Like yeah. it's real. It's real. like I
0: wrote it down. Like I wrote it down.
1: And you know what? And writing it is also another level of um uh putting it into your cellular memory as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole nother healing just because you wrote it. Um so, with you allowing everyone to be content exactly as they are, people get people really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And so, you allow this exchange of appreciation between people. And that's the next card of allowing appreciation,
0: allowing appreciation.
1: And it's really actually kind of perfect, too. The value of my life increases each time I appreciate everything in it. Oh, the value of my life
0: increases. And I appreciate everything in it. I
1: appreciate everything in it. Like, I just felt that in my whole entire mid-back.
0: Oh, my God. And I've, like, said at least seven times since I've heard it. The value of my life increases when I appreciate everything
1: in it. each Each time I appreciate everything in it. The value of my life increases each time I appreciate everything in it. The value of my life increases each time I appreciate everything in it. The value of my life increases each time I appreciate everything in it. And and so like even if we like break that down for a second, like when I the value. Of my life, the value of my life increases. So we're talking about how to increase the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. That's the whole purpose of this, right? And this this is life. We're just talking.
2: Mm-hmm. We're sitting
1: here being content exactly as we are, just talking. And by just talking, we are setting the intent by let every word that comes across this podcast be a catalyst of abundance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. You know, it's it's with every word spoken, the value of this podcast increases.
2: Yes, it does.
1: And you get to appreciate everything in it. The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful. Yeah. All of it. We get to uh, we have not have to, you don't have to do anything. But you must appreciate everything in order to under even begin to grasp life. Like you have to find that gift within the pain that you're experiencing because there's always a gift, but you have to literally ask, okay, God, okay, universe. Okay. Whoever, uh, what's the gift? You ain't even got to address it to anybody. Just say out loud, what's the gift and it will unfold Mm -hmm. every time. So. Appreciate every experience. Appreciate your with every conversation your podcast is appreciating. Not not just allowing appreciation, not just between one another, not just emotional appreciation, but a pre- increase appreciation. An increase.
0: I like that. I can. I can. Talk I've with never
1: that. thought about that card like that. Mm -hmm. with every conversation your podcast appreciates.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: That's mind-blowing to me. Because Um, why we get to express our free will. We're coming from an authentic place. And the mantra, my choices determine how brightly I shine.
0: Oh, my choices determine how brightly I shine. Our choices determine My choices how, brightly,
1: determine how, brightly, I
0: how brightly I shine. My
1: choices determine how brightly I shine. I shine. My choices determine how brightly I, I shine. shine. My choices determine how brightly I shine.
0: Hmm. I've never done any kind of card reading before like this, so this is cool.
1: Oh, I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, this is cool.
1: And so, like, I think that is going to speak to you get to choose the value of the content you bring here. Because although we're just talking, you have control over what you bring to the table.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and 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 what you bring to the table will be a direct reflection. So bring so honor adversity.
0: Honor adversity. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I look down and it's right there. So in the choices that you make, those choices will determine how brightly you shine. Mm-hmm. As you make these choices, make sure you honor adversity. Mm-hmm. The mantra for this is a fire reveals a path of renewed direction once the burning is complete.
2: Sure after burning is complete.
1: A fire reveals a path of renewed direction once the burning is complete. A fire reveals, a path, a, fire reveals the, a path of renewed direction once the burning is complete. A fire reveals a path of renewed direction once the burning is complete. A fire reveals a path of renewed direction once the burning is complete. Like that even like warmed me up in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like my hands are really cold, but my my neck right now is really warm but it's it's in bringing awareness and honoring the adversity that people go through and what they experience and and, and respecting that pain It creates such a safe space that there's no way success isn't imminent. Mm. There's no Eminent. way. That's imminent. that's
0: the word imminent. Oof. And I will say this. And I think I and I think you can you can attest to it too is that coming out of Pernell Sweat High School. Alive is already a huge, huge adversary in, in completion for a lot of people. Yes. And so we're no, we're no stranger to what adversary, like, you know, adversity is exactly. really out there in the world. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, you know, that, that speaks to being able to honor our own adversity as well. Mm-hmm. You know, honoring ourselves appreciating ourselves for, for what we had actually endured, you know, mm-hmm. that we normalized for years. Like, this is this is normal. Like, violence is normal. Like, you know, people beating people is normal. Um, you know, drugs is normal. Like, I remember in sixth grade, there was one girl who brought speed to, to school and was selling it. Yellow jackets and yelling at the students, and uh, that was normal. I I thought nothing of it because drugs was everywhere around me. That ain't nothing, right? Like, yeah, it's the thought we have not, like, oh, yeah, what is yellow jacket, right? Like, it's yeah, it ain't even the thing. Like, you already know what it is in sixth grade, but. Talking, honoring that part of us, and illuminating that truth. Illuminating that truth is what amplifies abundance, motherfucker.
0: There you go.
1: Hmm. It couldn't. It couldn't have been no better.
0: (laughs) It couldn't have. No, it could not have.
1: And so the, the mantra for illuminating the truth, mm, mm, because we always have to release the outcome in order for it to be successful. We can't want it to be successful, right? I am willing to see things clearly, no matter the outcome. Oof. Is that? Ooh. I am willing to see things clearly, no matter the outcome. I am willing to see things clearly, no matter the outcome.
2: I, need, I, need this,
1: I needed this specific card tonight. I am willing to see things clearly, no matter the outcome. I am willing to see things clearly no matter the outcome. So no matter the outcome of this podcast. We 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 wanted to be successful. We set the intent for it to be successful. We're going to choose we're going to, you know, make choices for it to be successful. We're going to honor people and give them safe space and if it's not successful that's okay too. That is. Cuz it ain't nothing but a thing. Mhm. There'll be other things. Mm-hmm. But Yet we also understand that by illuminating truth, we amplify abundance. And it may not even be an abundance of money. It could be like an abundance of an abundance of um, conversations, an abundance of moments shared, an abundance of um, connections made, uh, an abundance of trauma healed. Uh, You know, things like that, you know? Abundance is my birthright and I receive it now. Ooh. Abundance
0: is my birthright and I receive it now. Abundance is my birthright and I receive it now. Abundance
1: is my birthright and I receive it now. Abundance is my birthright and I receive it now. Abundance is my birthright. And I receive it now. Crabs in a bucket.
0: There is abundance, my friends. It's real.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm Oh, we got to honor that adversity for sure. It's
0: <laughs> real. Oh, and, you know, even, even just thinking, you know, that this is... <laughs> This, it's really like first time I've sat down and had a card reading like this and to think that, you know, we're doing this on the podcast and a lot of this is extremely applicable, you know, not only for myself right now, but I hope whoever decides to listen in, check it out, you know, the variety of all this stuff, you know, you know, maybe even so that you can even hear from me, some podcasts you get five views, you know, 10 listeners or whatever, some you get 30, 40, 50, 100, it changes and the abundance is there you know what i mean you just got to keep doing what you're doing the adversity that's what comes that's what comes with it you know mm-hmm. i've i've found myself to be comfortable with this shit sucks and you just keep doing it no matter how good it gets it can always be better in my head yeah um and, and everything else you know It that's thank you thank you really thank you that's, They were not only kind words, but to know that they came extremely randomly is, well, (laughs) they were chosen, they were chosen, they were chosen, just chosen at random for me to hear at this very given and specific moment. So,
1: divine timing is a real thing.
0: I hope you have, I hope I can make it onto the podcast one day. And I hope (laughs) you have me on episode 33. I I feel like that's my angel number. So, hopefully, I get to make it on.
1: And, you know, 33 is, um, it's a a master number of completion. Uh, You want to know a fun fact about 33? It is uh, all the geometric shapes put together gives the, whatever the, figure is called, I don't like a dodecahedron type name that that's not the one it is, but that's the type of name it is. If you put all the geometric shapes that are possible together, it creates the one that has 33 sides.
2: Oh,
0: and that's
1: the, the number of all that is. Hmm. So interesting.
0: I never knew that.
1: Yeah, so if thirty three is a good number to choose, like if you want to pick a number, thirty three is the one.
0: Yes, that's the one. That's the one. If
1: if all I right. could ever request, I need to write that down. I'm gonna find a pen, and I'm if and and I'm ADHD, so text it to me too, okay? <laughs> all right. all and in right. that way, because I can't find a pen right now because I'm excited, um, but definitely episode thirty three. Your, it's yours
0: thank you thank you um is there
1: anything that you want
0: to before we sign out for the for the evening um i definitely do want to do a part two because this was fucking great yeah and your oh i love is powerful. To. your voice is powerful and i want to say before before i let you give a like a closing statement i want to say that i've always appreciated you being a good friend not only to my family to myself the people around you and i really believe that you have started to hit you started to kind of like hit that gear of being inside of your own purpose in life and serving your own while serving others i feel is part of that purpose and i see it and i see it in you and and i don't think that this is the end right i don't think you've reached your the you know your max form but i think you are now in form and 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 it's cool to see, and it makes me happy to see, especially knowing Lumbee, hometown, all that shit. So so please keep going, keep going, don't lose faith.
1: Thank you. That's so mm-hmm. kind. It's so kind. Thank you. It's it it feels good to be seen. So thank you for seeing me, and, and honoring my adversity, and of course. knowing knowing what my life has consisted of, just from me being around you guys, like. You know, you guys have, <laughs> let's be real, you guys have been an important part of my life in very specific and important areas. So thank you guys for being there as well. Oh. And I, I absolutely want to come back. I love this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I have any closing remarks, hire self, speak for me. What, What? needs to be said oh the the last card which is the bottom of the deck um which is the overall energy of the reading ah it's creating cooperation.
0: Creating cooperation.
1: Now how how perfect is this? How perfect is it that we have one more card that we've got to do, It's one final message. Holy shit. I love this shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> um more gets a role uh, more gets accomplished when everyone has a role to play. Ooh. So I guess that's probably the final message is, actually, no, let me read it. That's going to be even more powerful. Oh, this is going to be good, Punch. This is going to be good. I feel it. More gets accomplished when everyone has a role to play. When cooperation is created, the unity of all is accessed to accomplish more in one moment than any one person can do alone. As a creator of cooperation, you are giving others the right to contribute, which only broadens the effect of collective expansion. Once cooperation is created, all facades of competition melt away, allowing each individual to feel a renewed depth of self-worth by serving a vision greater than any degree of individual gain. This mantra is ideal for enhancing teamwork transforming family dynamics and decreasing in uh, increasing inner peace.
2: Nice.
1: So oh. that right there was I I think the last thing to say is is in this moment that's exactly what we did. In this yeah. moment we created such a cooperation. We've cooperated throughout our lives. To get to this moment, someone is going to see this who needed to hear something tonight, you know, or to or maybe they'll see the second one and it's going to be an even more powerful message. Or, you know, there's all these different things that can can be created from this and that has been created from the alignment that we decided. You never know where this this the 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 energy that we brought tonight to your podcast um has created a vortex of energy that's going to project outwards and upwards and you're gonna live your best life through it. Oh I, yeah. That, oh, that's that's yeah. what I'm predicting. You're gonna live your best life through it.
0: Thank you. And I'm ah, so thank happy
1: you. to see you grow.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for being you thank you for thank you for being alive. You know, that's what I tell a lot of people when we cheer. Thank you for being alive, dude. Yeah. Like you, you bring a lot. You bring a lot to people, Kayla. And I can't wait to do this again. Yeah.
1: I can't wait either, Puts. I love you, honey. Love you. Now, I'll, I'll be, I'll
0: be messaging you right now, too, after all this.
1: Okay, great. Perfect. Okay. All right, I got you. Thanks. Bye.